0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the Lions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my man Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it is Monday in the NBA with a nice little eight-game slate to kick off your work week here. In this one, we're taking a look at a couple of Eastern Conference foes. The Raptors are playing host to the wicked hot Boston Celtics. Also got another game video and our player pops up for you, so make sure to like and subscribe. Continue to follow along with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com. We've got all of our great written content up there. Nate puts all the picks up there as well. Uh, And we have our odds finder tool within all those articles. You can go ahead and make sure you're getting the best juice back uh, from all the books that you may be using here to get these NBA bets in. Nate, Go ahead and get into this eight-game slate, and then talk C's and wraps.
1: Yeah, this first game, the Clippers are minus four now at Charlotte. I was telling you last night, minus two hit that right away. Uh, Clips starting to get a little healthier, and gotta trust them to beat a, a basically a tanking team. Uh, then we got the Bucks minus ten at Orlando, Thunder plus six at the Hawks. The Heat are now plus one at Memphis. Uh, Memphis on a back-to-back. We're going to talk about that game in the other video. Sixers minus seven and a half at the Rockets. The Suns plus three at the Mavs. Always a fierce game when those two meet. And then the Warriors are on a uh, back-to-back as well with the Pacers, who are plus 11 in Golden State. Total of 236 there. So the Celtics plus one now at Toronto. It was minus one, I think when it opened, but it's going to hover right around there and even money. Basically it's a test. Do you believe the Celtics can just continue to win on back to backs can continue to win in all circumstances? Uh, And I'm going to say like, if you, if you just want to close your eyes and click Celtics the rest of the way, you're probably going to win money. Uh, (coughs) And if, if you bet on this one and it goes awry, like stick with it, like trust the process You're betting on the Spirit team. Look, they've won 15 of their last 17, of course. It's like, well, do they cover? Yeah, they've covered in 11 of their last 12 wins, and there's no spread to cover here. It's just beating the Raptors. And the Raptors have some real deficiencies, man. I mean, if if they're not scoring off turnovers, if they're not scoring in the open floor, they suck. They're 30th in half-court offense efficiency, right? And they make up for it with offensive rebounding and by forcing turnovers, like I said, but the Celtics are the seventh best in both those categories in terms of limiting their own turnovers and, uh, and allowing O'Reebs. And they're, they're allowing the fifth fewest fast break points as well. And I mean, they have Toronto's number. Right? It's like Toronto, how do they usually beat teams again, swarming them forcing turnovers because they have this superior size on the wing. Well, you don't have that against Boston. Uh, you know, they, they've lost six of their last seven against Boston. The one time they beat them. Yes, it was a back-to-back, but yes, Boston sat JT Jalen and Al Horford along with like, like they had nobody out there basically. And they still only lost by three. So they covered, I think in that loss, Um, you know, you look at the wins, Boston's offense is lighting up this pretty formidable Toronto defense 118 points per game, hitting 14 threes at 40%. That's their MO on the season. They shoot 40% home road from three hit about 17 threes per game. Uh, get great looks against anybody except the Miami heat who are able to kind of mix it up in that second matchup. We were just, at, just one game early on the hot heat yeah. take there that Miami was yeah. going to cover maybe win uh, because Jimmy played in that second one, as we you know kind of looked at, but I mean, Nick nurse is a great coach. Eric Spolster is a great coach. They both can mix it up like that with their defensive schemes, but I just don't think that that Boston's going to be as taken aback the way they were when Miami would switch from zone to man, when they would blitz them and go three quarter court, like throw in the kitchen sink. And that was all just to get into a close game with Boston and Boston a lot better in the clutch against than Toronto, um, you know, you look at Toronto's numbers at home, and they are impressive nine and two straight up. But when they're dogs, they're three and eight overall, regardless of venue, versus nine and three as favorites. They're one and four in division games in this really tough division right now. Uh, and yeah, I, I just look at how Boston's been able to carve them up 55 assists in their last two wins against Toronto, shot 53% from the floor. Again, those were both in Boston, they haven't really played at Toronto in a real situation in in years now because their 2021 game, no fans in the arena still, or it was in Florida. I don't even know which one, but it wasn't a (laughs) real home game for Toronto. And the atmosphere will be there. Uh, I just don't think Toronto has the uh, offensive firepower to match this team right now, as long as, you know, you don't get Tatum resting or or anything, but there is a chance Marcus Smart plays after sitting on Sunday with like a hip contusion. So maybe, Maybe you get one guy sit, but you get Marcus Smart back in there, and that Celtics wing wing and
0: backcourt is just so deep right now. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, uh, especially because Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon are both playing so well for this team. <clears throat> Like they're just a never ending bench of quality, uh, you know, quality wings and and, and guys who play really well uh, with the ball in their hands and without it. Like, yeah, this is a wonderful roster. Uh, Brad Stevens, good, really good coach. Really, really good GM, um, and, and that's really what's what's being what the difference is for them this season, obviously. And then, obviously, you know Tatum and Brown. I would say stepped it up a notch. I, I do want both of them to play for me to feel good about this game. Um, I don't really want to watch either of them sit out, to be honest with you. I, I think in the uh, as far as the Raptors are concerned. Um, yeah, they're they're missing a few guys, and and honestly, some guys that would probably help them on the wing as well uh, with some size in terms of Wancho and Otto Porter, um, Precious Chua could take it or leave it, as obviously Rob will still not playing. But either way, I think for for Boston, what's interesting is that they're doing. Uh, they miss Rob Will, but they still are really good on defense in the in the key areas that they need uh, to be able to hang with uh, with the Raptors. When you look at, uh, as you said, the Raptors number one in points off turnovers, number one in uh, fast break points. They're also number one in second chance points. So yeah, their set offense is bad. That's not how they score. As you mentioned, it's the worst in the league. And the reason that they're eight and three at home this season um, is because of the fact that they're number one in those key categories right there. All key transition points uh, categories or ca- uh, you know, second chance points where it doesn't take any offensive scheme to grab an offensive rebound, kick it out to a wide open three uh, and get that ball up for second chance points. Boston, like you said, though, that everything you would expect them. Look, they're not the same defensive team that they will be when Rob Williams comes back in part because they need to um they know that they can't just sell out on three pointers they can't just sell out on their guy they don't have a rim protector if they don't want to give up a layup they kind of have to stay home and keep their feet on the ground rather than jump up and and contest too many shots or or go for steals and things of that nature so their defense isn't quite as swarming as it was last season um, because they don't have that protection behind them as soon as that guy's back in the lineup that defense is going to take it up a notch for sure either way the defense right now is is Doing what it can without height, the same height and brim protection as Rob Will, by getting you know, a limiting points off a term notoribs turnovers, controlling what they can, limiting you getting points um, on offensive rebounds and fast break points. So if they can just get back on defense, they say, then they'll be fine. And that's been the case this season. They're winning games because while they're getting out on transition and they're getting points off of turnovers or, or, you know, just really keeping guys from um, being able to get back, keeping the defense from being able to get back behind their transition offense as they have so many transition points this season. Um, Like I said, they're controlling what they can um, without a true center in there at any point. Uh, Sans Papa Al, who's, you know, four, or five, whatever you have, you. So I think though all that said, like this, it, it, it's Toronto at home. It's a different team. Um, the fact that they do have Siakam back makes you feel pretty good about it. If you, you know, the Celtics have to lose at some point, and it's probably going to be on this road trip. As this, this is an absolutely res, ridiculous gauntlet of games that they have. They went Nets last night. Uh, they got the Raptors tonight. Then the two nights from now, they have the Suns. Three nights, the Warriors. Two nights later, the Clips, and then a back-to-back Lakers after that Clippers game. And the, by the way, the are good now i don't know if you're paying attention or at least they're better than the top the bottom half of the league let's put it that way once you beat the wizards uh on the road you're now like at least the 14th best team in the league because the wizards (laughs) are perpetually the 15th best team in the league so at any rate they're good now this is going to be a ridiculous road trip for them and if you look at how they did uh you know how they're doing on the road this season they're they're playing just as well to be honest as they are at home they're they're pretty much a, a just a consistent team when they're at the garden look they're they're pretty much you know unbeatable right now uh is it still called the garden whatever it is the TD said yeah when they're there when they're in Boston they're pretty much a beatable right now on the road they're still a better than 500 team and beating teams by an average of about five points a game uh, in in that stretch so I think that you know this is going to be the test for them as we say this is the beginning of the test for them um I don't love uh take picking against the Raptors at home but right now like you got to keep going with what's working in the stats that I'm looking at that matter to me is say that Boston's going to be able to limit what Toronto does and nobody has come close to limiting what Boston does yet this season. So why would I start picking against their offense right now? They come close, but they just grinded out a win
1: anyway against the Nets, right? Force KD into seven turnovers. He's the hottest mid-range player on the planet right now. And what what do you got, Raptors? You got Pascal Siakam, um, who's, you know, coming back, but like we said, you know, not scoring in the half court. You talked about that Celtics defense ramping up when Rob Will gets back, but they've actually just been great. Lately, uh regardless, no. in the last six, 110 points per game, last three limiting these key areas that we talk about, 10 fast break points. That's that's fifth best. Again, seventh worst assist to turnover ratio for opponents, fewest free throws per game allowed and on the road in general, number three in two point percentage. So they're going to try to make the Raptors beat them from deep. Um I don't know. You know, when you look at the total. There's a lot of conflicting numbers to look at here. Yeah. First and foremost, that Toronto plays at a pace 4 possessions slower at home. That the Celtics do go under at home, but the back-to-back numbers are interesting here. Boston's 4-0 to the back on the back-to-back this year, also 4-0 to the over, and they lost 4 of their last 5 back-to-backs last year, but those all 5 went over, uh including this one with Toronto which totaled 240. So, I mean, with the Celtics right now, yeah, I talk about clicking their money line or their their spread every time. If you also just click the over every time, uh, I think you're probably in pretty good shape the way they've been shooting. Um, but I'm not as sure because just like we're scared of, of Toronto at home, also scared of this game getting bogged down in the weeds. Wait, Toronto can't score that much. Um, and, and, you know, they can maybe muck it up the same way Miami did. But by the numbers – they have no rim protection either. You talk about Rob Will out. They are giving up the, uh, the fourth most pain points right now. Um, yeah, Boston, it, it, I'm sorry, in their last three games. Yeah. Since getting Siakam back, you know, they got that win over Cleveland. And then in their last three, the defense has been rough. The offense has also been rough. they only hitting nine threes at 30% but they're 22nd and three point defense, 22nd and assisted field goal. And those are the two key things for the ball, bo- for the Boston Celtics, right? Is they're going to yeah. move the ball and they're going to get their shots. And so, I mean, that's what we lean on here is just the Celtics being a little bit better than you. And you, I'm glad you met, mentioned that schedule because they can't afford to just say like, all right, we'll lose this one. And then we'll, we'll right. you know, we're home against Orlando. You're not home against Orlando for five more games. And it's, We saw the Celtics and Tatum go on this West Coast road trip a couple of years ago and just be like, whatever, we're just going to win every game. We're going to go hard every game. I think that was the case last season when they were red hot, too. Uh, I don't think they're going to be taking nights off here, so I trust them on a back to back.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think they will either. I, don't, I mean, there's no how do you find a trap game when it's Nets at Nets at Raptors, Suns, Dubs, Clips, Lakers? There's no trap game in there. Maybe the Clippers. I mean, this would be it. But it's an Eastern it's an Eastern Conference foe. And it's it's a game that, you know, it's a little bit closer to home for them as well. They're not traveling quite as far as when they're about to go to Phoenix uh, in between the fifth and the seventh of this month. So, I, yeah, I, I think the other thing you mentioned, though, you know, they're limiting those those transition points in their last three because they're playing the Heat twice and the Nets once and neither of those teams are looking to fast break so they're gonna need to get back but they've done that all season so i'm not like gonna start getting worried about it now just because the raptors are that good at it i'm totally fine with it um that said I, to add to the point i i don't know if toronto can really just keep up with this team you know when you when you start talking about the total and 227 and a half like i think that this you 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 lean like you said you go over in a celtics game right now before you go under because even if the celtics are playing pretty good defense like they're go, they're putting up uh you know 110 points tonight i think we can feel pretty confident about that like 115 gets you there so if if they're winning this game right and it takes 115 to win it tonight uh the way that you know they're playing offense i i think the raptors can come along i do you know i'm not worried about the, the celtics ability to, to guard and transition as i said they're top five top 10 defense in transition this season uh in all those key categories um but you know it, it's the Raptors at home and, and they they might come out firing a little bit better on offense as their numbers do tend to be a little bit better at home uh, in all their key categories for them. And we talk about transition offense and, and the like, but also, you know, some of their shooting numbers as well, uh, a bit better at home than, than on the road, which you know leads you to, to at least hope for a bit more offense here. Um, their defense is also better at home as well, but um, this is one for, yeah, for, for the Celtics. Uh, I'm going to keep betting in, the, in this situation until we see something to prove otherwise, maybe uh, we'll talk differently about it when they take on the Suns, and, and there's got to be a, a season, another season loss in here somewhere, um, but we'll let you know uh, when we feel feeling that. So This one, also plus one for Miami at
1: Memphis, total of 224. Memphis flew back from Detroit after winning last night, uh, so they are in the uh, back-to-back situation that we often see here on a Monday. Going to be a little concerned about how they might play, uh, that they haven't been playing well on back-to-backs this year. Last year, of course, they were great. They're great in every situation and they're great at home. I mean, but I think this is more to do with Miami and just like we both say like we don't like trying to predict the heat uh, as as a general rule because it's just so hard to – how do you like list stats for give a shit? Like what is their give a shit factor? How many guys are actually going to play? Are they going to play hard? Does Jimmy Butler want this game? I mean – We saw on Friday that he absolutely wanted it. Everybody did with Jimmy and the boys, as we like to say, really wanted that statement win in Boston. And they got it uh, in his return. He's still questionable, along with like five other guys, because the Heat will always rest people on the road. (laughs) And you look at their schedule beyond this. I mean, they go to Detroit tomorrow night. Or the, no, they're back home against Detroit tomorrow night. Yeah. They have a cupcake basically every single game through Christmas after okay. this. It's, so it's just – I think what if you're betting on Memphis, it's first and foremost saying like the Heat don't really care about this game. It's a non-conference game. It is in no way a statement. Mm-hmm. And they suck on the road this year because they generally don't care that much. They know they can just go back home, roll all these teams that they – big brother like the Pacers and the Hawks and whoever – uh, they have on the schedule coming up. Uh, but yeah, against the West, they're slightly above 500 since the start of last season. Uh Slightly below the spread in terms of negative 0.3 covering. So it's, again, inconsistent. But on the road this season, they've been consistently bad, like I said. Like three three and eight straight up, shooting four percentage points worse than at home. Uh Turnover rate 2% higher. Oh, offensive rating, six points worse. Like pick a stat, they're definitely worse on the road. Um, and Memphis, you know, great at home. They've won like 17 of 19 home games uh, in, in recent memory. And they've won four of their last five, aside from that rivalry game with mini, that, yes, we got wrong there. But that was on the road. Uh, come back home, handle the Sixers. Uh, I, I mean, they're so young Memphis so that I don't think you worry that much about the back to back situation like Ja played 35 minutes yesterday, but he'll be up for this game. He'll he'll be just fine. I mean, and, and that heat backcourt, you either have an ancient Kyle Lowry or you have a, a Tyler Hero who maybe is among the worst defenders in the league individually. They rested Steven Adams, uh, so he'll be out there to, to bang with Bam. And and help them get that rebounding advantage, which has been so key when they're at home. Rebounds, points in the paint, and now they have Jaron Jackson Jr. limiting shots in the paint. And Miami has just not been consistent from the three-point line on the road, like we said. Um, so I, I definitely think Memphis, the spread shrinking down to almost a pick I feel fine yeah. taking them here. Uh, I, I mean, maybe you even want to look at an alternate spread because it's either like Miami's going to grind and really try to win this game or they're just going to say, fuck it, and then just lose by 10 and get ready for their easy schedule coming up.
0: Yeah, I mean, look... There, there's not too many games I love picking tonight. I do agree with you. Uh, just as you were kicking off the video, the Hornets uh, are not trying to win uh, last night. It was it was a minus two spread for the Clippers, so it, that could be a little bit of an easier game if you feel it. I, I still say with all those those guys out for the Clips, um, it's it's a it's you know it's it's a decent uh, slate tonight in terms of like. Uh, like good matchups. Like it's not like there's these clear wins um across the board that, that you can feel super confident about. There's some pretty evenly matched matchup uh teams here. And this one somewhat included, but I think you, you've got the advantage with Memphis. The only thing working against them is the back to back. But like you said, John ja Morant uh is completely fine at the ripe young age of like twenty-four. He'll be completely fine playing tonight. Um and like you said, there's not going to be anybody to stay in front of Ja as if there was anyway. Um there's there's extra nobody to stay in front of Ja. Uh, tonight. So I, I think in this one, you're, you're looking at Memphis at home right, and Miami on the road, and, and you can feel good about both of the contrasting numbers there. I will say you, Steven Adams being in there is huge as well. He did not play last night so that he could play tonight. Uh, in the six games that he's played versus BAM, he's allowed BAM to score five, eight points, get five boards and two assists on 47% shooting. BAM's only played about 22 minutes per game. He's had two fouls in the first half of all those games. So yeah, it, 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 Steven Adams is a problem, and, and in wins this season, Miami Miami, 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 Memphis, uh, is getting more rebounds, limiting their opponents rebounds, uh, to the tune of like a difference of like eight boards a game or so. Um, so yeah, it's important for them, right. For, for Memphis, that's how they get second chance points. That's how they get jaw on the break. Um, they, they're able to get more turnovers because they can ha- you know, uh, sort of crowd their, uh, defend their offenders a little bit more because they have Steven, Steven Adams, the strongest man to ever play basketball, uh, standing in the paint back there. So I, I think there's reason to feel good about their defense at home as well. And, and The reason, another reason we hate picking Miami. They're a three-point shooting team, so there's volatility all over the place, all of the time. And they, they this season, they're actually down a bit in three-point attempts, mostly because uh, Tyler Hero and uh, Duncan Robinson have both been been out for long stretches of time this season, which has definitely impacted the amount of threes they're taking. Yet they're still eighth in, in field goal attempt, uh, per, you know, percentage of their of their attempts from three. Only twenty fourth in three-point percentage, uh, though, are they this season? So right, like they're not shooting well because they're they're still playing the same style of offense without their Two best three point shooters in uh, in Tyler and and Duncan Robinson. So um, you know they've been a little bit better since uh, Hero's been back in their last five as well. Um, you know including that victory against the Seas. But they played the Wizards twice, the Celtics twice, and the Hawks once. Uh, the Hawks are kind of reeling right now. The Wizards are what they are. So I don't know how much you believe in what Miami's been doing over their last five. Is they're still you know not passing the ball well. Um, and, and they're, you know they are getting to the free throw line, which is something crucial for them. But Memphis does you know limits uh, free throw attempts really really well, including when Steven Adams is, is out there, uh, obviously a little bit better as well. So, I, you know, I just, I don't like as much the, the, the defense for my Memphis at home, I should add, uh, 10 percentage points better against the three-pointer when they're at home. Uh, Memphis only allows teams to shoot 30% from uh, three at home. That's second best in the league. When they're on the road, they allow teams to shoot 40% from three. So that's huge, obviously, once again, in Miami. Miami has been, uh, is, is not limiting offensive rebounds. That's what Memphis does. They get second chance points. So it's just a lot of things that, as this even goes down to a pick I continue to like uh, the, the, the the Grizz even more especially at home covering the way that they are I don't care about the Owen two on no rest this season they got smacked in the third game of the season by 41 against Dallas throw that one away I don't really care and then they, they only lost to the season by three by the way the, the best team in the league uh, and covered in that game at home on the second leg of that back-to-back earlier this season as well so I'm not taking too much in, into account there they play well against the East there's just a really a, a lot to like for Memphis in a situation that seems like it should be be a really close game, but I expect them to win by solid four or five points at least. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have won four of the last five against Miami. Uh, the exception was actually at home, and they were just kind of beat up down low. Miami shot 52%, Memphis shot 36% from the floor. So, that Miami defense is scary, man. Uh, but the Memphis defense is scary, too. And while they've gone over no. in seven of their last nine meetings, I'm really not seeing a lot of high totals here. It's kind of like The line was set at like 208, and they barely went over. Uh, And so tonight at 224, if you expect Miami to bring it with the defense, look, they were about to hold Boston. They were about to have 217 right before Jalen banked that in, and it went to overtime on Friday night. So that defense is for real. The the Memphis defense that you mentioned, for real at home. But the the volatility of Miami, yeah, I mean, they might just – not show up. Uh, So it it is tough to to bet an over or under in that situation. I think you look at the numbers though, versus non-conference numbers again. Yeah. Like I said, what Miami does against the West, it's pretty inconsistent, but they've lost three of their last four against the West Um, and, and Memphis seven of their last 10 winning by five points per game in their last five in particular against the East four and one with a plus seven and a half net. But they're scoring 120 points per game. Number one in rebounding rate, though. That's the key thing. If you want them to win, you got to rebound against Miami. Um, and yeah, I mean, getting to the free throw line, you mentioned as well. Miami gave up 28 free throws to Boston in that last one, showing some signs of weakness there. Uh, so I think Memphis will have an edge there at home with the whistle. I mean, they just they rarely lose at home. I, I think they will be far more geared up for this
0: game than Miami will be. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to at this point in the season. Um, And if you're going to give up five less made threes a game at home, uh, does Memphis, right? Ten threes made a game at home. Good for, once again, good for second best in the league. 15 made threes on the road. So um, also the turnovers, um, you know, Miami's turning the ball over a couple more times at home. You cannot do that against either of these teams. You can't turn the ball over. Uh, Miami's not wonderful in transition, but if you do turn the ball over against them, um, then they will, they will score off of that uh, to the tune of the best fifth best in the league. Same thing for Memphis though. If you turn the ball over against them as Miami does at home, um, then Memphis is going to go out and run uh, as we know, liking to get out in transition and get points off turnovers, et cetera. So both you you really can't turn the ball over and you got to rebound and, and, Memphis does that way better at home. Miami does it way worse on the road. Just seems like a pretty opportune uh, matchup here for that. So
1: you're listening to the lines.com podcast network, looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top us sports books all in one place. plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lions Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports bettor.
0: Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first play-a-prop for tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, how do you attack this 76ers defense with speed? Jalen Green, one of the quickest, twitchiest athletes in the league today, and the youngsters at home tonight. Uh, so I like him to be scoring against the slower Sixers. That have a uh, 112 defensive rating on the road versus 108 at home. His prop is at 21 and a half points, and you're not really getting much value on the points. You are getting a lot of value on three three pointers made, plus 125 at DraftKings. Um, and as as a lot of young players have huge home road splits for Jalen this season, shooting 51 41 Uh, in 83 at home versus 37, 29, 76 on the road, scoring five more points per game at home. Rockets pace is a little faster at home. You look at his last 13 home games, including last season, he's hitting nearly four threes on nine attempts, 41% clip, uh, scoring 28 points per game. So that's why it's minus 120 for him to get 22. Uh, But I don't hate that either. The Sixers, I mean, they've been good against point guards all season. And D'Anthony Melton is a good defender, don't get me wrong. But recently, with all those injuries, I mean, they've they've definitely lapsed on the wing. And in their last seven shooting guards, which they've been averaged against all season, they're allowing the six most points per game to shooting guards. Uh Jalen has done really well against Eastern Conference teams, even at low efficiency. And that's the whole thing with this with this Rockets team. It, it doesn't matter how many shots he misses. He has the green light, didn't take as many step back threes as he wants. And we're not betting on his percentage
0: here, folks, just for him to hit three threes. Yeah, I mean, a percent, percentage, though, which has been good at home. Um, I mean, he's close to putting it all together, man. He needs another season, I think. But in by the end of this season, I think he'll even look sh- like worlds better than he does right now. He's just so like big and rangy and athletic uh, and skilled, uh, especially around the rim that like, uh, yeah, I, he's going to continue to get better. That three point shooting as you said, it, it's, it's just way better at home uh, over the last couple of seasons as You know, both he's only been in the league two seasons. So since he's been in the league um, and I think this is a good opportunity for him to get those to three threes tonight. Um, yeah. I mean, 76ers defense has been good, but uh, it, it, there's, there's some holes in it uh, and, and some opportunities definitely to take advantage of it for Jalen. So uh, I'm going to go, uh, this is gonna be a, a pretty uh, big theme here. The Suns and Mavs, uh, a matchup of two guys who don't like each other. The last two NBA 2k cover athletes, uh, Luca Dodges, and Booker but I'm talking about Booker right now over 41 and a half points rebounds and assists that's minus 113 of FanDuel um, look he really doesn't like Luca I, I mean I don't think Luca loves him but he, he he's coming to play against the Mavs and uh, in his last five dude he's, he's been crushing 36.6 points per game five boards five and a half boards six and a half assists that's all in 34 and a half minutes with a 37% usage rate second only to Giannis over that time span for, for highest usage in the league uh, they played Dallas earlier this season CP3 was in that game Game. they won by two book had 28 points for uh, four boards and nine assists in that one with cp3 in the game uh, got you over that 41 and a half pra right there but it, you look at 24 games without cp3 since last season 30 points a game, five boards, seven assists in 35 and a half minutes, which are, are all higher uh, than when CB theory is in there. I assure you also gets you to that 42 PRA just on his averages over the last couple seasons in these types of situations without Chris Paul. Um, so I think you have to feel pretty good about, you know, him coming out strong tonight in a game that I think he really wants to win every single time that he plays Dallas and, and Luca, uh, especially the way that they've handled them in the playoffs. So this is, this is a great opportunity for book to get to, to just be involved all over the place in the offense and continue to be the focal point.
1: Yeah, I was it was crazy to see minus 120 for him to get 30 points and i wanted to take the under and i looked at the game log and saw that he hasn't gotten 30 against Dallas in i think seven straight meetings in the regular season but Chris Paul played in all of those didn't he and, and i mean without cb3 the numbers are are huge not just the scoring but the peripheral stats is a huge spike for booker uh that's why we like the the whole pra here the whole package but I think he definitely can get to 30 points. The only time recently he hasn't is because they blew uh, blew doors off uh, the what was it the Magic or something in their last game that they they had yeah. no problem with. Um, so he didn't play a full points. slate of minutes. But he's yeah. when he's been out there, I mean, he 50 points with like five missed field goals. He's just on fire right now. Um, I'm gonna take the over on Paolo Banquero, I guess. I'm staying on my slight fade of the Bucks that hit hard on Friday. Anthony Davis, 44 points, and the Lakers won when they were plus 300 dogs. We had that. Uh, the Bucks now in their last three are giving up the most paint points in the league, 62 per game. They just gave up 20-plus to, to all of Kelly Oubre, Jalen McDaniels, and Terry Rozier. And Paolo Bancaro is a lot more talented than all three of those guys offensively, like way, 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 way more talented. He has a lot in his bag. Um, he's coming off a nine-point game at Toronto on a back-to-back where the whole Magic starting lineup was kind of just yanked when they weren't doing much. So he played 27 minutes, but... Other than that, he's been great. You look at his November numbers, he's coming back from that ankle issue. He 22 and a half points, six rebounds in eight games, playing 36 minutes per game. Again, with the young players, home road splits 23 points, seven rebounds at home, and a 30% usage rate versus 20 and uh, five and a half on the road. So, points at 18 and a half or it's 19 and a half at FanDuel without much better juice. But I think you just go points, rebounds here. You tack on six rebounds. It's a Bucks team that is not putting the ball in the basket that often. Um, uh, and a guy who's playing a lot of small forward, right? So he doesn't necessarily have to match up with Giannis that often. I mean, he can shift around. Bucks are allowing a healthy 23 and a half points, two small forwards in the last seven games. That's 10th worst. So I don't think you're necessarily saying like Paolo's going to bring it against Giannis, but the fact that he's playing Giannis will certainly have his his um, you know his motivation factor
0: up as a young player who wants to prove that he belongs on the stage. Yeah, no, that that, that adds. I'm, I'm always backing Paolo. Lo- love that guy. And, and kind of said before the season, I don't know if it's going to pan out or not. Benny Matz is playing great that he was the rookie of the year favorite. I mean, he's he's clearly the best rookie. He doesn't even look like a rookie at this point. Um, I think this is a, it's, it's an opportunity for him to, to make a statement for himself as well as a rookie. I mean, p- playing this team, uh, the best defensive team in the league. Uh, but like you said, a little bit more, uh, v- you know, um, vulnerable in that exact spot where you've got a, a versatile guy like Paolo, who's definitely going to be quicker um, unless Giannis is guarding him. It's definitely going to be quicker than the person that's that's uh, playing defense on him. So uh, I'm going to finish things off. As I said, the theme here was that Dallas-Mavs game, and if you're going to take one end of the uh, rivalry, that is Devin Booker, then you got to take Luka on the other side, uh, expecting him to play pretty well tonight as well. D- probably feel pretty good about Dallas uh, as, as home dogs in this one as well to potentially be able to uh, to, to you know at least hang uh, and make us think about... Th- oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're favorite as well this, that tonight. So that, that line swung a bit as well. Uh, I don't care about the three points. I would still feel pretty good about a Mavs uh maybe victory there but um you know in in this one for Luca I'm I'm looking at assists I'm looking at threes and to be honest with you I'm gonna try to get really bold here uh and and say you know if he gets under two and a half threes tonight that's even money the assists over eight and a half is also even money two things that I'm considering here um you know in in his last nine uh he has been averaging 9.2 assists just starting in that standpoint uh he's only failed to get nine in in two of those games including uh, a couple games that you know he's playing against the the Bucks, uh, the the Raptors and the Seas, a couple of teams that limit assists pretty well. Um, and so you know, getting double digits there uh, against the, uh, the the Suns in general. He, he definitely tries to score, um, but you know he, he's definitely dimed up enough to get there as well, um, averaging about seven or so in his last uh, five versus them in terms of the assists, needing a couple more obviously. But the three point shooting has also improved tremendously uh, for the for the Mavs in the last you know roughly five games or so. Uh, guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. who were shooting. Around 29% for them from deep has increased that to about 50% over his last five. Reggie Bullock uh, has improved from like 26% all the way back up to about 33% from three. So you're seeing some of the positive regression from these Mavs shooters, which is the focal point of their offense. Is give Luca the ball in space and then get, and then get to the three point line with at least three guys that can pull from deep. Christian Wood continues to struggle mightily over his last five or six. So not sure how well that's working out after a really good start to the season for him on this squad. But um, with with the assists there it just seems like an opportunity for him you know if you're if you're the Suns, you definitely want to be getting the ball out of his hands uh at this point if if you uh are are, if you're looking at the three-point shooting uh for him his teammates obviously that that increases likelihood to get those assists the three-point shooting he's been fine. I mean, he's been putting up threes, definitely. But he's only made more than two uh, in two of his last six games. Missing uh, at the rate, you know, shooting at the rate of about twenty nine percent from three in that time. He's not even putting up that many attempts. He's only put up more than four, uh, more than uh, five attempts three times in that that span as well. So I, if you want to consider that, it, you know, he's not shooting the three ball quite as much or quite as well necessarily in the last like you know handful of games. This could be an opportunity with a really really good Sun defense uh, to limit him. To to less than three at even money. Uh, But I I prefer the assists in this situation either way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't hate on any over when it comes to Luka. I would definitely want to combine his adjustments. And the Suns have done a great job. You said getting the ball off his hands, but also forcing him into turnovers with, like, uh, I believe it's 20 turnovers in his last four regular season against them. His line is set at four and a half turnovers tonight with plus 120 on the over. I'm not taking that, but... Um, the 32 and a half points, or you can go 40 and a half points and assists. I think that kind of covers you because he's a guy who would not be surprised if he gets 35, he's basically averaging 35 at home. And,
0: uh, as you mentioned, yeah, no, I, I think that's a better play. I, I saw the assist at even money and, and felt good about it. But if you want to feel a little bit safer, yeah, the, the the points added to it will always. And like you said, he can always make his in-game adjustments. Should I continue, you know, and in, in really in-play adjustments in terms of being shooting or passing. That's really just completely up to him at this point. He's the floor general. So that is all the time we have for you. in this one, though, make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We're coming back to you each and every weekday this regular season. So until we see you next, happy betting.